0: Howdy ho, neighborinos. This is Nate. I'm joined here today, this morning, with Kevin. What? What's the hand motion for? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. They can only hear us, so. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to do that, Kevin. No hand motions. Yeah. I got you. Well, here. good morning to everybody out there in digital land. If um, I eat grapes, do you think they can hear me when I'm eating That's disgusting, Kevin. <laughs> like I was saying, good morning to everyone out in digital land. Welcome to LCC's podcast, Pursuit of Purpose. Um, today, we're going to talk a little bit about Easter. Easter season um, started last week, the resurrection, the celebration of. And uh, we're just going to talk a little bit about that today and uh, hopefully give you some <clears throat> good insight, some Jesus-driven insight and uh go from there, man. I got in trouble last week. I uh what's new? <laughs> I uh I said to uh I was saying happy Easter and I had somebody come up to me and say it's not Easter, it's Resurrection Sunday. Mm. So Yeah. I mean they're not wrong. They are not wrong. No, they are not. Yep. Uh, before we get to that, um, it's been a while since I've done this, I know. But well, it's been like three weeks for us, I think. Yeah. And I, I know I missed a time or two in there somewhere. It's, it's been a while, man. So I'm getting in, back in the swing of things. Um, but bring you a little bit of news. Um, Kevin, the uh, Ohio primary, the Senate race is coming up here within a couple weeks. We've got a few Republican candidates. Um, that have uh, sharply criticized each other on on TV. Oh. Oh, yeah. What's going on? Uh, well, you know the usual, just this person's a horrible person. and They'll drive our economy and our society into a deep depression. Yeah. Uh, you know. I think we're headed stuff. there regardless. <laughs> <laughs> With that attitude, yeah. <laughs> no uh, primary coming up May 3rd. Um, Who are the candidates? Uh candidates, the main ones, there's there's a few of them. Main ones are uh JD Vance, author of Hillbilly Elegy. Great oh, book, Oh, are you serious? Movie. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. What has he been in politics? I you know, I don't know if he's been like super involved in politics until the last couple of years. Um he's has got, he held an office? I don't think so. I don't think wow. he has. That's I didn't, so I saw the stuff about J.D. Vance, and I'm, I I knew the name, but I couldn't figure out how I knew the name, and I just never really, mm-hmm. like, looked it up why I knew his, his name, but... Yeah, author of Hillbilly Elegy. That's now really that's, all I know. Now, that is a fictional story, correct? Uh, No, I think Hillbilly, Hillbilly Elegy's based on his life, because he grew up in, like, Middletown, I think, and he just kind of chronicles several parts of his life, and... Some of his family's life and how they grew up, I believe it was West Virginia. Don't quote me on that. It's been a while since I've read that, but um, but yeah, I, th- I think it was loosely or partially based on his life. Wow. Yeah. Is that the only book he's written? <sighs> it's the only one I, I think people know about. Well, I'm going to have uh, to. Yeah. So he's running. Um, Matt Dolan's running. I think he's been part of the Ohio representatives. Don't quote me on that either. Um, Mike Gibbons. He's uh, the Wait, guy. Wait, so what? We'll, we'll say the other ones again. Matt Dolan. Matt Dolan. Matt Dolan. And uh, Mike Gibbons, the guy who says he's played football before on his advertisements. Apparently, that means something. I'm uh, <laughs> Mike Gibbons. I've played I mean, football before, but for me. <laughs> I think, you know, it, when you're going against a guy that's written a book, you've got to say something, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, him and, um, let's see, oh, the Mandel. Mandel's a big oh, one. Oh, yeah. Former treasurer of Re- Ohio. What's, what's Rinchi, Jim Renichi, Renichi? Is he running? What's he running for? Oh, uh, is it governor? I th- maybe, maybe. Okay, is gov- governor's not being voted on in the primary, is it? Is it? I don't know. I don't, I don't know either. I'll have to double check that. We really didn't come prepared for this. <laughs> no, we didn't. I was just going to throw that out there and hope you, <laughs> hope you knew more than me. <laughs> no, but, but basically, long story short, get to know your candidates, go out and vote on May 3rd and uh make sure that you go in with with a good heart and with an optimistic heart with uh with whoever you vote for. So, yeah. Yeah. There you go people. Do your research unlike us. <laughs> so, uh another piece of news. A man in Germany gets 90 COVID tests to sell forged passes. That's the thing. That's from AP. 90 90- 90 covid shots oh dear and, lord and he sells the uh you know the little card you get when you get vaccinated he sold them to people <laughs> that is so bad <laughs> that guy is going to turn into spider-man before too long. <laughs> <laughs> that's impressive that's crazy yeah and what did they i mean they finally caught him i'm assuming or uh, we wouldn't have this article yeah i mean yeah they obviously they caught him uh is he made out of pure iron right now? I, I'm not seeing that in the article. Oh, my goodness. Um, yeah. That's that's impressive, man. That is that's impressive. something. I don't know if I would say impressive. <laughs> desperate yeah. is what I would call that, man. Desperate, yeah. Yeah, very wow. desperate. I, dude, I got to – does it say how much he got per card? Because – I mean, it better was, be a lot of money. That's what I'm saying. It better be a lot. If I'm gonna do something like that, I'm gonna want a a lot of money. It does not say how many. I think probably they didn't say because they know that now that's a pyramid scheme of a of a way to make money, and they don't want other people. <laughs> yeah, let's not say that he made fifty thousand dollars off each one. <laughs> yeah, because uh. that would. Really? In that case, does anyone want Nate's card? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, shoot. Uh, sell it for cheap, $25,000. you are seeing less and less, man. It's it's really, I mean, there's still some people that are really hanging on to the whole COVID thing. And yeah. you hear it come up a little bit here and there. But, I mean, it's really, you're really not hearing much about it anymore. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to hear any complaints from me, man. Yep. Um, yeah, people are, I think, pretty well over it, and I think, thankfully, like, case counts are really, really down anyway, so that's good, man. At, at some point, you know, it'll rear its ugly head again. Yeah. And, you know, people will probably, I don't want to say it, but they'll probably freak out a little bit over well, it. Well, yeah, everybody's starting and, to get outside and, yeah. you know, getting some vitamin D built up in your system again, and, yep. I mean, all that good stuff, the healthy stuff, and, yeah. So. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, hopefully it stays away. All right. So, uh, Kevin, Easter Sunday. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about, we're still on your sermon series, Helping Families Win. Well, that... the so, so, sort of. Well, Easter was the last Sunday for that. Okay. So we're actually, um, we'll be starting in a new series where I'm going to just deal with the parables of Jesus over the next several weeks. And so I'm excited about that. I, um, It's always neat to talk about you know, those stories that we're all familiar with. So this week we'll start out with a really familiar one, The Good Samaritan. Um, and again, you can access those on uh, Vimeo, uh, our website, leesburgcc.com. And um, you can also find them on our uh, on our app. We have an app. What is it just Leesburg CC app? Uh, How would you look that up? I've got it on my phone, but I don't know. It Scott Duncan does that, yeah. so let me see. He here. uses some some program for that. Yeah, I think it's Leesburg CC app is what it is. But the sermons are on there, and then uh, Facebook. Yeah, on our Facebook, Leesburg Church of Christ. There's there's a few different Leesburg Churches of Christ. So if you jump on there and you see one in Virginia, that's not us. I'll put Kevin's face as the profile picture for this one so you won't miss it. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> That's a terrible idea. We're trying to attract people to this. Oh, not drive them away. Not drive okay, them okay. away. So, Fair yes. Enough. But yeah, so I'm excited about that series um and uh and we're going to we're going to do that for the next several weeks. Um so it's going to be good stuff. But yeah. Um had a fantastic sunday morning uh we were packed the gills in here uh which was great i mean you always i you know you always hear people say i even had somebody come who hadn't been in a while and they're like oh it's easter you know people were showing up you know for the first time whatever you only come on and you know what i always i always tell them i was like hey i'm just glad people are coming you know i'm not I'm not one of those that's going to make a big deal that if you only come once a year, you know, it, I, I look at it like this, like what, you know, when at the end of the day, would you have come if it wasn't and getting you in the doors of a place where you're hearing the gospel, being, you know, experiencing that environment, like that's just a positive thing. And, and so... You know, as a church, we want to try and make that as special as possible because, not because, like, we're trying to trick you into coming back, but ultimately, like, we want to demonstrate what you're missing, you know, um, when when we aren't gathered together. Because at, at the end of the day, like, what makes church special is not the message, you know. I mean, you could attest to this, Nate. Like, some of the message has... have messages have really connected with you and others you're like take it or leave it like it's there you know it hasn't been real meaningful I mean that's just that's anything and especially you know you think about like even like this podcast like there are probably certain topics that that we've discussed that we've dealt with on this on this uh venue that you're like hey like that you know that really is meaningful to me and others where you know you just take it or leave it like that's just life you know i'm sure you have kids space out in your classroom every once in a while absolutely not they're 100% engaged all the time wow i really missed the target on this little rabbit hole didn't i yeah <laughs> <laughs> well let's start over then <laughs> no i i i do i think um I think, uh, you know, my wife and I talk a lot about, you know, communicating and, you know, talk about individuals coming or not coming. And, you know, my mentality is, hey, listen, like at the end of the day, I'm going to get up there and I'm going to share the message that I believe God has given me that week um, in whatever manner that has come and know that there are going to be a handful of people that it's just not going to connect with in, in a way that, you know, they feel really moved. Um, but maybe one, it will. And Sunday, um, Stacia Hafer uh, gave her life to Christ um, after the service. and And so, you know, even if she's the only one that took anything away from that message, like the Lord used it to move her in such a way that she's made the most important decisions she can make in her life uh, and she was baptized Sunday which was fantastic and um what it's all about at the end of the day and so uh, again i i you know just going back to where we started with this i i think it's i think being there no matter how when or why uh is important for any person you know and and so if you're listening and and, uh, how you connect is through, you know, this podcast or through the sermons online. I think that's a special thing. It's a great opportunity that we have at this time in life that we've never had, you know, at, you know, at least in this area ever before, but there is something, um, extremely valuable about being together. Um, during a service or, or, or small group or whatever, whatever that opportunity is and sharing and loving and encouraging one another face to face. Yeah. Yeah. Especially after, you know, everything that's gone on the past couple of years too. I mean, I'm usually not a, a quantity over quality guy, but, you know, seeing that place absolutely packed on Sunday, that, that makes you feel good as a, as a follower, it makes you feel good that everyone's gathering under one roof for one reason. And that's because Jesus came back from the dead and he forgave us of our sins in the meanwhile. So yeah, I mean, that was really cool. I, I agree with that, man. So, so let's segue a little bit. Cause I mean, we're, we're pretty much on our topic right now anyway. Um, so before like we get into some of the nitty gritty stuff, like Kevin what what are some of your family's like you know resurrection sunday um look traditions at you. look yeah, at yeah. you i know right huh i've really tried to monitor how i say certain things i love it i'm getting it. better at it i love it yeah words matter man words do matter they were they matter in culture it, you know what the words you say in your family you know in in your church with your friends, they matter. Like, at the end of the day, it matters. Absolutely. So, good stuff. No. um, I. It's funny you asked me that because, like, I was keying up as soon as you stopped talking. Like, that was going to be my question for you. Oh, okay. Well, you go first. Okay, I'll go first. So, we, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and Easter really are all about the same. Um, we, uh, we, For us, because I'm a preacher, we don't have a lot of Sunday morning things that we do. I know, um, I know, like so, like on Christmas, you know, we don't have we don't have to do anything from a family standpoint till like noon, and so we'll get up and do some things together as a family. But on Easter, it's Sunday morning, and so like it's all business for us. Mm. Um, The kids got up real early, and uh, Paul usually goes with me in the mornings to come to the church and. So we got up early and he went in and he saw his, uh, he saw his basket and we don't, I don't know if you do this, but like, we don't encourage like the Easter bunny or Santa Claus or any of that stuff, but we don't, I'm not going to sit here unless they straight out ask me, tell them no. They've asked me about Santa Claus and I said, no, Santa Claus is not real and then they'll watch a Santa Claus movie, and they're, Dad, you're a liar. <laughs> liar. You're lying to me. Look, he's real. This is how it works. And I'm like, okay, whatever, you know? Hollywood is real. You're fake, Dad. <laughs> we also landed on the moon, kids, okay? You know? Uh, Kevin. What? Never mind. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so we, we don't really like take that away from him but Paul came got up and you know this is funny this is an observation I made this week and I dig I digress and I apologize but so my wife is amazing at all the little things you know the behind the scenes things like the things that she is so like when it comes to like the Easter ba- baskets and the clothes that they get and then Christmas and those things, she like she excels like, um, like d- above and beyond like not and it's not that it's something huge it's just meaningful like she got them devotionals this year that we can read as a family really neat like she just this may seem stereotypical but I feel like all preachers' wives are really good at that stuff I know that's really stereotypical but yes. keep going wow way to way to really put her in a corner there you just put her in a box sorry Emma. <laughs> Um, but she, uh, she really does really good, but this is my observation. All the things she do does are things that like all the kids give other people credit for (laughs) like Santa Claus gets credit for it. Easter. I told the, I told him the other day, Paul came out with this shirt and he said, Oh dad, this is an awesome shirt. It was, um, Oh, it was uh, Minecraft. He's like ate up with Minecraft. Love Minecraft. So he, he's he has this... mind. Oh, I love this shirt. I said, I yeah, I probably bought that for you, son. I said any of the clothes that you really like, I bought them. The ones you don't, those are the ones your mom bought. Way to put Emma like you. I put Emma in a box. You threw her under a bus, dude. <laughs> <laughs> She's sitting there like shaking her head, smiling like, but. It is, it is funny. I just. I was thinking about that as the kids are like so excited about all this basket. I had nothing to do with, not, not one little thing that I have to do with except for the money came out, came out of our bank account. That's it. Yeah. You know, and then the Easter Bunny gets credit for it. <laughs> of course. Of course. Uh, unbelievable. Anyway, so we got up. We did that. Uh, Paul and I went to the church. Um, got ready for Sunday morning, Chris. We had a lot of, uh, special things going on that day. Um, Emily Jackson, uh, did a sign language thing where she shared a little bit of her story and kind of what this last year has meant to her and her family after the loss of her mother. And, and then, um, um, Jana Hodson shared as well, um, Instead of doing one of our videos this week She got up and shared her story And I thought that was extremely special Um, But then Kind of got through Sunday morning Right after Sunday morning uh, We had uh, the Easter egg hunt here After church We always participate in that Right after that was a baptism Then we shoot out to mom and dad's And really spend the rest of the day there So uh, We had been at Emma's parents I want to say Friday night or Saturday night. I cannot remember what night it was now, but uh we had a Easter egg hunt there, ate dinner all together, hung out, had an Easter egg hunt there, and uh Deb had decided to get glow in the dark eggs oh yeah those those are awesome, yeah, when they glow in the dark, yeah, because oh. if you wait till night to go Easter egg hunting, and the -the glow-in-the-dark eggs don't glow. Ooh, yeah, that's rough. And they're filled with money. (laughs) (laughs) It's not taking a mower out to find them because it's money. Then parents spend an hour and a half in the yard Easter egg hunting. (laughs) Well, that's fun. I mean, you guys got something out of it. (laughs) It's a memory. We didn't get to keep the money, but we got to go Easter egg hunting. So yeah, no, that was that was a lot of fun. But one of the things that my family has always done that I think is really, really special is before the meal, it's become tradition to talk about some of the things that we thank God for that he's pulled us through as a family, whether it be cancer or, you know, an accident or just health issues whatever it is and just praising God for those times where he came through you know the loss of a loved one and how he sustained us and encouraged us and you know drew us together and just so many things like that and so I I, I got to I got there right before right as that was kind of beginning and they started talking and I mean it was probably a good 10 15 minutes you know, several people just going around the room and kind of saying, hey, thanks for this. You know, this person's going to college. We're so thankful for this. This person, you know, got through this struggle, you know, definitely praises for this. And just, you know, and this is a family where, you know, God was not always a priority, but because my mom and and some of the other sisters have, have really keyed in on, you know, placing god you know at the center of of their lives and and continuing to make that a priority it has kind of moved to a place where it is very focused on that and and that's been a really neat thing to see for us so we hang out there the rest of the day and that's it head home and um my, my that's that's about our our easter it's a solid Easter, yeah. I'm sorry, resurrection, resurrection Sunday. There you go. There you go. Yep. No, yeah, that's good, man. Um, and you? It's roughly the same. I, I do want to say first of all, we we highly encourage the Easter Bunny. It's a good way to keep our kids <laughs> disciplined. We're you know we we openly lie as parents to our kids, so. That'll probably come back and bite us in the butt. It will. <laughs> <laughs> you lied to me all these years, Dad. They're, they'll never trust you when they're 13. Probably not. You're but, a liar. But for now, it, it it works pretty well, so, you know. You, you no shame. No shame. You sit shame. on a throne of lies. Uh, dude, I just sit on my sofa at night, dude. That's I don't sit on a throne of lies. You smell of cabbage and... What's that? What's that from? What's what's elf? Elf. Okay, that's what it is. Yeah, Yeah, that sounded familiar. No, we. I mean, we we openly encourage the Easter Bunny, and we're we're always kind of trying to do all those fun little. So, do you in this way? Do you say, "Hey, kids"? Oh gosh! If here we go, you don't clean your room, the Easter Bunny is not going to come. Maybe. (laughs) <laughs> look dude no shame uh, no shame that is manipulation at all yeah it absolutely is <laughs> and we as parents we own up to that and we will own it when it probably and bites us in the next butt one week's day. episode <laughs> nate regrets everything <laughs> no i mean we our kids are at that age and you you can attest to this where you know just those fun little silly easter tra- traditions like i like that my kids get excited over the Easter bunny and Santa Claus and things like that. I mean, maybe that's a selfish thing as a parent, but I mean, I, I remember growing up and being the same way and, you know, ultimately in the end, you always, as a kid, I mean, at least in my case and hopefully in my kids cases, ultimately you knew why we were celebrating resurrection Sunday. You knew why we were celebrating the birth of Christ in the end, that's what needs to happen. So, I mean, we have our, gosh, we have our 14 Easter egg hunts. We have our glow-in-the-dark Easter egg hunts. Did you? Outside, did glow? Yes. We did that at Wayne and Kim's house. It was awesome? Yeah, it was actually really so, cool. So, is there a secret to get them to glow? Uh, You just, like, put these little glow-in-the-dark things in them, right? And then they flash. Oh, no, these are, like, straight up, like, you leave them under the light for a while and then they glow. Oh, no, no, we didn't use those. We used, actually, like, these little LED things. You put them inside the Easter eggs and then they flash. That makes sense. Yeah. It worked pretty well, I think. But, you know, we we did, like, you know, the inside Easter egg hunt, the outside, the at night, the, you know, 14 other Easter egg hunts. We do all that. What do you do with all the candy after you're done? Steal it from my kids. You eat it? No shame. Wow. The dad tax. Yep. The dad, the, the infamous dad tax. That's what I always tell my kids whenever I open fruit snacks for them I'll take that grape one, dad tax. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's, I mean, you're teaching them economics at an early age. Absolutely. I mean, it's responsible. It's, I Yeah, I, I appreciate I, it's it. It's absolutely responsible. So. Um, no, I mean, we, we do very similar things, you know, like, obviously you guys are a little bit more business on Easter Sunday. Um, you know, we, we have a little bit more time to where we can have our, our kids kind of, um, open up their Easter baskets or whatever the Easter bunny gets them for now. But, you know, we, we do try to, in the morning, we try to go over the story of Easter. Like we, we have a little children's book that has the story of, of resurrection Sunday in it. And, um, so we try to read that to them both at, in the morning and at night and try to make sure that they start Easter off knowing why we celebrate it and ending Easter off knowing why we celebrate it. So, um, we try to just do those little things, um, along the way and, and just try to really emphasize why we're, we're doing this and why, uh, why this is such a big deal because it is. And by the way, Easter bunny, um, I'm, I'm not a big fan of the Easter bunny. Never will be. You ever see, I saw an old photo of an Easter bunny back in the 1950s. Oh, freaky. Freaky dude. Like, I don't know how kids like wanted to go anywhere around an Easter bunny back in the fifties, but well, Joe Biden, I, does, I don't think likes the Easter bunny. Oh, he doesn't. Did you see the, uh, the little video? I did not. Oh, you should, they have like a, I don't know if it's a, TikTok. did he punch him? No, I mean, I'll be honest. I'd probably punch an Easter bunny if it came up to me. No, seriously, it freaked me out. It's dude. at the presidential like Easter egg hunt or whatever. The Easter bunny's there, not a freaky costume, but Joe Biden is talking to a reporter about some Ukraine things, mm-hmm. and the Easter bunny just walks up and kind of just hopping around with his hands like there, you know, kind of at Joe Biden, not like and not in like a negative way, and Joe like freaks out like looks at the Easter bunny says something and just walks away. Yeah, I mean I, I look, I don't like Easter bunnies either. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> so you get it. I mean I kind of get that. Yeah. I'm just saying, man. Yeah, look it up. I think it's like a TikTok video or something. It's probably on YouTube. Yeah, I'll have to I'll have to look it's that up. It's pretty funny. I like I just watched it on loop for like 5 minutes. It's it's pretty good. <laughs> that guy is TikTok gold. I'm just oh, telling you. absolutely. Shaking, shaking hands with the air. Yeah, it's good stuff. <laughs> oh, one, I, I, I got it. We got to get off this. But one I saw recently was when he said, "Oh, how would it go?" It was like something like America. We can. Re- we, it really comes down, you know, to to what we what we are. One word, and then he says, <laughs> He says something. He can't get it out. <laughs> It's just like, <laughs> I mean, he really, the uh, guy is worth, I mean, worth his weight in gold like from from that standpoint. Why like why they he, called him Uncle Joe. Uncle Joe. Uncle Joe. Or as I like to call him in sermons, Joey. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that. We love him. Yeah. We love him. All right. Hey, um, so just kind of, you know, talking about maybe the spiritual side of this, because I think, you know, if we're going to. If we're going to do this thing, you know, we really got to go there. I I, I guess I would base it, you know, the, the general idea is that I would just say in talking about this subject is the central point to the resurrection is this is the stamp on everything else that makes it truth. And I started out... Talking about in in the message, like Paul uh, at the Areopagus, uh, where he's speaking with the philosophers, um, and they just love what he's saying. He's talking about God and and there being one God and and how significant and important that is. And they're really just they're just cheering him on. They love what he's saying you know, they, they, they love what they're hearing. They love the philosophy behind it. And, and I think we have this tendency, even in what we do to focus too much on philosophy. And what I mean by that is these ideas that we can think about and that we can dream about, and then we can try to, you know, kind of wrestle with a little bit. We like, we like doing that we have a harder time with the black and white right and wrong of the issues that can come up in our lives because when when it's philosophy it's not it doesn't feel like somebody's telling us what to do when it when it is truth absolute then it feels you know you know we talked we, we were joking about being put in a box that's what it feels like and so that's what you see happening you know in Paul's teach when Paul's teaching he's saying hey listen you know there's this one god you know and they're thinking about all the ways that that can apply to this and that and all the, every aspect of their life and then he says and that god is Jesus and because he rose from the dead you have to make a choice and that's what the resurrection is, Nate. It is, it is Jesus Christ living His life, not to be a good teacher. And that's one of the things that we're going to start talking about is Jesus' teaching. And he was a brilliant teacher. Uh, he was an incredible teacher. And and you know, a good teacher is one that that gets his students to come to their own conclusions. Uh, Based on what is right and good and so jesus didn't give the answers He would he would challenge people to come up with their own answers Not that every answer was okay, but he would back them into a corner You know a corner where he loved them. He would trap them. It was a love trap (laughs) Okay, it was but he would trap them To make a decision, but there was really only one decision they could make and that was the right decision you know, that's that's what a good teacher does is he allows you to get there on your own, but he, he backs you into a corner until you understand that all of the things that you're thinking, they're false. Mm-hmm. There's really only one answer. But when Paul does this, when he traps these scholars, when he traps these uh, philosophers, they kick him out. They don't want to be trapped. They want to be free to think and, and maneuver however they want. And so... But, but what the resurrection does is it puts you in a corner and it says make a decision on him. Either you, you, you take his claims and what he stood on and you follow him with everything that you are or you walk away and you deny him completely. There's no middle ground. And that's what the resurrection does uh, for us, for, for anybody. And, and, and I think you have to start there. So, basically what you're saying is, and this is just what I'm gathering, is that without any other miracles that Jesus performed beforehand, you know, bringing Lazarus back from the dead or feeding people with thousands upon thousands of fish that just came out of nowhere, without all those things, none of it matters without resurrection. I mean, really, yeah. I mean, you could you know so so we like we can't be believers just simply based off those prior miracles resurrection has to be a factor into those things yeah i think or the like the determining ultimate factor it is it's the ultimate factor in this because without it then everything else falls on its face and i you know that's the thing that's i think i think I think tough for me as a teacher and then even for people that are listening to all these messages that we preach throughout the year, we talk a lot about all these other subjects and all these other things, and they're all great, and it's all good stuff, and it's all good to talk about, and it's all good to think about, and it's all good to you know to 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 kind of wrestle with in our own lives. But at the end of the day, this is the one piece that it all hangs on, that Jesus rose from the dead, and because he rose, he is victorious, he is king, he is Lord of lords, and we have to bow down and follow him or deny him. But it, it this is the crux of everything else. Yes, absolutely. I don't think as kids we fully grasp the concept and the action that Jesus took when he was resurrected from the dead. Like I, I don't I don't think we, we fully grasp that. I don't we as adults we don't fully grasp that uh either. Sorry, I'm getting a phone call right now. But um yeah, I I just it I think the older I get and the more I get into the word and really reflect on those things, like it truly is an amazing, amazing thing that, you know, death is conquered. Like we will never conquer it by ourselves. That's why I've been more and more hesitant when young people want to make a decision for Christ to be baptized not because I don't think there is an understanding there or that I really want to hold them back from that but at the end of the day like there is there it's it's extremely important that we understand you know what we're doing and why we're doing it and because of those things you said right there because there is this it is a big deal and we don't fully mm. grasp and I'm not saying we have to have it all figured out. That in and, and we'll never figure it out. No, no, out. no. And and I think, you know, for people that have never not been in the church very long and they're just now starting to discover, it, I do think the first step To understanding who God is Is to allow the Holy Spirit to come into your life And the way that that happens We understand is it's from Acts 2.38 Which is believe and be baptized For the forgiveness of your sins And the gift of the Holy Spirit Ultimately like if without the Holy Spirit There are things that There there are We are not going to be able to connect to God fully And so that is a huge piece And so I'm not I'm not trying to demean that fact I'm just saying like I think I think there are, I think especially for young people we can kind of push some of that stuff under the rug instead of like taking the time to really help them understand like you know the gravity of the decision that they're making how significant how important it is connecting to God this is not a hey we'll do it now and then you know maybe we'll have a breakup later with God and then we'll just you know reconnect later and then we'll maybe break up again and reconnect like that's not how it is. That's how the world works. Exactly. And that's why we fall into that trap of of treating God the same way. Right. And, and we just can't do that. Um, Now, let me talk out the other side of my mouth now, okay? You know, the last few weeks for me have been really kind of a roller coaster, you know? I get these highs and lows and the lows have been really low lately for me. Um, You know, it's what, it's why I think even like, you know, we've been having even this podcast, it's been spread out, you know, when we've been able to connect and, you know, I take as much blame as anybody for that because it's just been so easy to get distracted with all these other things that are going on in our lives to where we're not prioritizing the most important things in our lives and and I even you know I look at my my evenings with the family my son sitting there on the floor playing you know while I'm sitting on my phone you know in the recliner you know and I I could easily just get down on the floor and just connect with him in just some silly way but just do it and I, you know I'm I'm pushing that aside and you know it you know that that could be an easy analogy for what I've done with God as well. You know, it's I'm going through the motions in a lot of ways and feel myself slipping further and further away. And and here's here's the thing, like it's not that my connection with God has is not there. It's just that I'm not I'm not it you know it's like a one-way conversation at this point you know when your wife's trying to talk to you in the evening and she's trying to tell you about her day and you're like half listening like that's what it is you know with God right now and and, and I think that is going to happen that's not the breakup I'm talking about that's that's a strained relationship because you are you know you're just in a bad place right now and we always we're all gonna go through that and it's just it's this constant, you know, God coming back and reminding us that he's here, that he wants to connect with us, you know, that 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 he's going to be there for us, you know, stop allowing all these other things to get in the way. And And here's the reality, like those things that are distracting us, you know, they're never going to go away. But we know, like, if we go through the hard work of pushing them in their rightful spot and not in God's spot, you know, that we're going to be healthier. Just getting that place where you actually do it sometimes can be very difficult. So that, you know, I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about like, there are times where like, we just completely walk away from God, you know, where we completely just, you know, turn our backs on him. You know, that's, that is culturally, you know, how we treat this. And it is why, and I'm not, again, this is not picking on people that just show up on Easter. It is why you have a lot of people that just show up on Easter. Hey, listen, you know, I want to, I'm going to come, you know, I'm going to get my little fix for the year and then, you know, go back to, to life. And, and and I know that everyone that comes they they know that that's not how this works, you know. Um but I do think Easter is an opportunity to reconnect and and to engage and just to really like lean back into the things that we know we need to do. I know for myself it is and I think it is, you know, just for anybody who is experiencing or seeing that. Yeah, I mean I I know I uh I'm in the same boat right now, you know. <laughs> say I'm busy, you know, I'm 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 busy I'm coaching and we got prom coming up in a couple of weeks and like you said there's a lot of distractions and things that putting my time to that I think are noble, they're worthy. Um but uh yeah. It's this is always April and May are always probably my worst two months in in terms of just connecting not only with God but with my kids and my wife and like you said Kevin I'll be over there. I, I mean, I'll be doing something I feel like is productive, but could it wait? Yeah. So yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean. So that the Easter season I think for me, at least at least for a few days, I mean, I'm not gonna lie, I get distracted a lot, but at least for a few days it, it kinda puts my mind back in a in a good spot in terms of my thinking, in terms of my relationship with with Jesus, with my family, um, yeah. Somehow God always puts that at just the right time. Just gives me that little kick in the butt and the reminder. Absolutely. And then, you know, the 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 second point that we talked about. So that you know, just going back to 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 what what we were saying. The, the first thing is it's the truth. It's this decision you have to make. What are you going to do? And God is coming to us at every point in our life and saying, Nate, okay. Like yeah, the things you're doing are important, but are they more important than me? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, think about it. just 2 years ago, we're sitting here with nothing to do, right? Yeah. And and you know, looking for things to do, you know, just to 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 not I mean, because we had so much time to connect with our families, and we even knew this this time was going to come back. We knew it was coming back. We called it right. several times. Yes, and said when this time comes back, we're going to wish we went back to COVID times, and 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 not <laughs> because of what it was or because of the state of you right. know the this nation or the world at the time, but just because it forced us to slow down. And the reality is, like, when we do, we don't miss out. And and this is what I mean. <laughs> We are afraid we're going to miss out, and so, and and this is not picking on you. This is just anything, okay? So we coach. We're afraid we're going to miss out, and so we're involved in this thing because we want it to be special for this person, and it's a good thing. We're involved I'm 100% in one hundred percent guilty of that, right? And, and yeah. so then we. We engage in our job in a much more significant way because the opportunity is there in a way that's never been before. And, you know, to be able to touch someone's life or to be able to, you know, economically help your position so that you can bless others. I mean, if, if, if you're doing it the way that God wants you to, these are all good things because we feel like we're going to miss out because we feel like okay if i'm at this place financially if i'm at this place you know with my job if i'm this place in this person's life if i'm at this place you know when it comes to church if I'm at this place in whatever it is then i can create this kind of a future where i won't miss out on these kind of opportunities and this is what god says he sends his son his son sits down with the disciples after his death, before he returns to the Father, and he eats fish. Now, what does that mean? Who cares? This is what it means. Our future is a physical future. What do I mean by that? What I mean is heaven is not little spirits floating around. Heaven is flesh and bone. It is physical. It is a new world world created the way that we were intended to be in the very beginning, perfect, without sin, without pain, without hardship, without struggle, and and, and all the things that we hope that we'll do, that we hope we could do, we will. <laughs> and so we don't have to live for this world and what we can get out of it and who we can satisfy, you know, Um we we can give more of our time. We can give more of our money. We can bless others. We can take a step back. We can slow down and invest in the things that God has put before us to be first and foremost in our lives. And I'm, I Nate, I'm looking at you, but I'm preaching to myself, okay? Because, like, it's the message that I need. And even though, like, we just went through this, like, it's still the message that I need. Um and even as i'm writing my sermon this week like i'm just thinking about that in my own life and just you know how how deep and dark you know the holes that we dig for ourselves can be you know when it comes to our selfishness um and and living you know the way that that we choose to live uh, sometimes but i think knowing the future knowing that you know eternity is not you know, just floating around as a little spirit singing songs. Like that's not what it is, but it's a life. It's a real life, not the life that we're muddling through, but a real life. And so, you know, there is, there is a hope in that. Well said, man. Well said. Well, um, Kevin. You say maybe about that time? Or? Yeah. Give me one, one, just okay. a few minutes. Just do one more thing. Okay. So the last point of of the message and the last thing that we have to kind of just take in, you know, when it comes to Easter is when it comes to Resurrection Sunday, is is the idea that we want to connect to God, and so we we realize that we have to make a choice. Because Jesus gave us no other choice. We realize that if we make that choice for Christ, that the future that we get is one where we can sacrifice our wants and needs for others uh, because, because the future is going to be incredible. It's going to be amazing, more than we can ever have hoped for, and it's going to be physical. But lastly... It is connecting to God in a real, significant way, and we see this place in uh, the Gospels where Jesus comes after He dies. He comes back, and he's he's going to all these individuals, and he's saying, "Touch me, touch me, touch me." You know, he goes to doubting Thomas, touch me. He goes to you know, the, the ladies that find him. You know, in the in the um, you know, at the uh, cemetery or whatever it was, the burial place, and he says, touch me, and all these places, like you you see people touching Jesus, but then Mary comes up to him in this one scene, and and he says, don't touch me. And we, and we look at that, and we think, what is he talking about? Why does he say that? And the reason he says that is because of what, he knows what Mary really wants, and what Mary wants is to connect with Jesus in an intimate and real way, she doesn't want him to leave. She wants him there. She wants to cling to him and never let go. She wants to walk beside him and never be away from him ever again. Like, that's what she wants. And he cannot give it to her. He can't. He can't stay. Not, not the way that he is. And so he says, don't touch me. He says, but when I go to my father, when I, when I return to my father, then you can have me in that way where I'll always be with you, and so can everybody else. At the end of the day, I, that's what it's all about, Nate. Like It is about connecting to Jesus Christ in the most real and intimate way, knowing that we have a friend, knowing that we have a brother, knowing that we have a place, knowing that we have a purpose, knowing that in him there is real joy and peace for life, that's the connection that we're all looking for, and the only way that that happens is through the resurrection. He rose, he returned to his father, he was victorious, and he made a way for us to connect to him that was never there before. He made a path that we could come to him, and when we come to him, like we can have him, really have him, every one of us. And and that comes in the way that, that we saw Stacia, you know, come to Christ uh, this weekend, when we believe, when we repent, when we confess, when we're baptized, and we allow the Spirit to move into our lives, and that connection with Jesus Christ becomes more real than ever could. That's what it's all about. That's what Easter's all about. That's what the Resurrection Sunday is all about. You know, and when we understand that, then everything else falls into place. Now. Right on, brother. Now we can close. Yeah. No, <laughs> that's, that's good, man. I, mean, I, I never looked at uh, Resurrection Sunday as a choice. Um I always looked at it as kind of the, the cliche thing as in hey Jesus conquered death that's awesome uh he died for our sins he loves us never looked at it as a choice though right and i i i f- you know, you say that, and every year, I, I, I remember, I know this feeling, I had it again this year, but every year, and when I had this feeling, I thought about all the other years, the thing that I always think about when Easter comes around is, why is the resurrection significant? I know that it is central, I know that it is like the crux of everything that we believe and that we stand on, it's the foundational piece, Okay. But every year I have to like rediscover that, you know what I'm saying? And so that we can talk about that, so we can see that, so that we can understand that because it is essential, it is essential um, to look at that and like really look at it for what it is. Yeah, Well, I like the analogy you said of him being the greatest teacher and what do great teachers do? They back you into the corner even though you have all these alternate routes you could take and ultimately you come up with the exact answer that they They desire for you. Right. Because it's the the only answer. Yeah. Because it's the truth. In the end. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So I think uh, Resurrection Sunday, we can look at it as you have all these different alternate routes you can take. You have all these different options, but in the end, it's a choice that you make to accept the truth that is Jesus. Yep. Amen. Did I summarize that okay? Very well. Yes. I like it. Nice. You get a B minus for the day. Okay. B plus. Cool. Thanks, man. (laughs) Uh, Kevin, if you don't mind, I'll end us in prayer, man. Let's do it. All right. Dear Heavenly Father, uh, thank you for bringing us here this morning together. Uh, Thank you for giving us a beautiful morning to wake up to, just like you did on Resurrection Sunday. Uh, No matter how much hope we lose or... Uh, how much faith we lose in you and your son, Jesus. Uh, There's always the day where the sun will rise and the remembrance of Jesus and what he died for and who he died for uh, will always be present, Lord. Um, Thank you for giving us you. Thank you for giving us your son. And thank you for giving us each other. It's in your heavenly name we pray, amen. Amen. All right, brother. Uh... I don't know when will we be back together again. Oh, tomorrow weeks. No, I mean oh. here. Yeah, yeah. In the church daily podcast. This from daily. out. Oh, okay. Cool, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, it'll be. It will be a couple weeks. Yes. Okay, a couple weeks. We'll get back at you then, guys. Signing off, Kevin. Later, Gator. <laughs> Bye.